0: Hey, this is Dr. Tom Rogers on Tuesday afternoon. It's five at five, meaning five questions from people that are patients or friends or staff, and it's live on Facebook. So we even have people that kind of call in. So um, it's my last patient of the day. I haven't seen these questions, so it's going to be off the cuff. Um, but that's usually the most honest answer I can give you. So. We've enjoyed this. Um, You can find us on YouTube and some other formats uh, if you go to performancemedicine.net. Let's get right in on the first question. Um, All right. First question. I'm a male on hormone therapy, but am still struggling with erectile dysfunction, ED. As my T levels improve, will that help with ED? What else can I do? Okay, that's a common question. A lot of times um, we have patients that come in because they have erectile dysfunction. And we of course discover most of them have low testosterone. So begin the testosterone replacement therapy and they may not immediately get help with their erections. And so they're maybe disappointed after a shot or two and they don't notice a lot of difference. Well, with it's two separate problems. Um, of course, with low testosterone, there's a myriad of symptoms like being tired, getting overweight, loss of energy, focus, um, sleep problems, uh, irritability, moodiness, etc. Um, erectile dysfunction—just one thing that may go along with low T. Uh, it may not all the time, depending on your age, but. But erectile dysfunction is more of a circulatory problem most of the time. And so what we try to do is get the testosterone level normalized and see what happens. And then probably half the time we have to add an erectile dysfunction medicine like daily Cialis, Tadalafil, sometimes Sidenafil, Viagra, Levitra. Um, So... Don't get discouraged. There's all kinds of ways we can handle ED. I mean, we, we have injections, we have the P shot, we have the his wave. Um, There's so many things you can do to increase that nitric oxide level and improve that microcirculation that um, we usually don't have any problem with that. So, replace the testosterone, and then the second step is treating that erectile dysfunction, which we do every day, many, many times. So don't be disheartened. Um, Just come back in uh, after we have that T-level kind of going, and then we'll add, uh, if need be, uh, one of the nitric oxide um, releasers. So good question, though. Great question. Question two. I'm a woman experiencing weight gain. How do I know if it's a thyroid problem or a hormone imbalance? You know, as a matter of fact, the last patient I just got finished seeing probably five minutes ago uh, was a new patient with the same question. She was a 49-year-old female, and um, she exercises every day, has always been lean, but just in the last year has gained quite a bit of weight and doesn't know why. You know, after I went over... Extensively, her diet—you know—she was definitely eating too many carbs, and probably, and definitely not doing intermittent fasting. But uh, so I drew, I drew a Cleveland panel on her to see where she was metabolically and hormonally. She's still having normal menstrual cycles at age 49, but I suspect she is premenopausal, and some of the hormones are off. There's probably an imbalance of estrogen to progesterone. She may have a thyroid problem. I mean, you know, you got you got to look at, at uh, thyroid really closely, especially with women in their 40s. Probably one out of three women I see in their 40s and 50s have a suboptimal thyroid. It may be normal on the labs, but when you look at the labs, they're usually low, uh, low normal. And also you talk to them about symptoms. You never treat a lab, you treat symptoms. Um, so... If they're tired, their hair's thinning, their skin's dry, they're constipated, Um, they have brain fog, cold hands and feet, Um, usually have a suboptimal thyroid. We also check adrenals, so um, yeah, I mean it may be hormones, it may be thyroid, you have to look at the whole thing, plus of course looking at what you're eating, you know, at At 50 years old, you can't eat what you did at 30 and expect to weigh the same thing. Your metabolism slows, even with hormone or thyroid replacement. Uh, So um, come in and get a a complete Cleveland panel with female hormones and all the thyroid function tests, and we can figure this out and get you back to normal. I kind of like to aim towards a high school weight. When I see a patient that wants to lose weight... I always ask them what did you weigh in high school and it's usually way way lower than what they are now by 30 to sometimes 50 pounds so i try to get them a reasonably uh, distance from that high school weight and they're very happy so question three i recently started doing hormone pellets with performance medicine how often do i need to come in and get pellets Do I just go by symptoms? I'm a 45-year-old woman. Um, You know, on average, most women I do pellets on, I do many, many, um, get them about every four months. Um, Some can go longer, five to six sometimes. I've got one or two that need them every three months. And the way I kind of figure it out is, of course, by checking labs and listening to your symptoms. So, you know, once I get you kind of on a pattern, I can kind of tell how long they're going to last. And when you start having symptoms, I know you're ready for more pellets. I do like to check blood work just to kind of correlate it with where you are. I like to particularly look at that estrogen progesterone balance. And testosterone is kind of a separate thing. In my opinion, that's the thing that makes you feel the best is testosterone. But you need the estrogen progesterone, of course. For a lot of things, bone, heart protection, uh, etc. And you don't want to give um, a woman testosterone alone if they don't have adequate estrogen support because that can cause plaquenin of the artery. So you have to know what you're doing with hormonal balance uh, with all the four female hormones. That's why females are a little harder than males to balance those hormones. So, but we do this every day. So, um, You go by both. Blood work, symptoms, average is about four months. So three times a year, pellets usually work fantastic. So um, good question. Question four. Why do you like pellets more than creams? Another pellet question for women. Well, really, for either men or women, I prefer pellets because you get a nice, consistent, uh, even release of hormones. Um, you don't have to worry about putting creams on all the time. Some people don't absorb creams as well as others. Sometimes they forget their creams, um, and once I pop some pellets in them, uh, they especially women usually. I mean, I hardly ever get one going back to a creams that has had has had pellets. They just work better. I think they're stronger. Um, it literally takes me about a minute to get a in. Very little pain and discomfort. Um, and you just don't have to worry about a lot. So most women prefer the pellets. Same thing with men. I have to put more pellets and they're larger than men. But um, you don't get that up and down that you do with shots with men. And men, I don't usually like the creams too much. Um, so I usually like the shots or... Or pellet, I prefer pellets for men also, and so do most of my patients. So great question. Uh, pellets, and not many people even know there's pellet pellets available. In fact, the first form of testosterone replacement for men was pellets. So anyway, and if you read Dr. Morgan Taylor's book, uh, the, f- the Guru of Testosterone Replacement at Harvard, uh, he, his favorite is pellets. I've talked to him many times. Okay, question five. What are your thoughts on the Pfizer vaccine that could be coming out soon? Well, I can tell you one thing. It was great for the stock market. Um, supposedly it's 90% effective, and they've gotten it out in six months. I think there's another one by Moderna that's going to come out and compete with it. So, you know, we've had the brightest minds for the past six to eight months working on the vaccine um, so uh, we'll have to wait and see I mean the results of this trial are really encouraging so um, you know I'm hoping that that we get this vaccine out and it's proven to be safe and effective I think that Pfizer is going to be a two-shot regimen one shot at first and then another one three weeks later And what I've read after that second shot, you may have some mild symptoms of the flu. Um, But, you know, I trust they're putting in all the work and the safeguards for this. Um, And I I think certainly the most vulnerable patient population uh, should take this vaccine if it indeed is proven effective, Um, like the elderly people, people with diabetes, um, people with cardiovascular or pulmonary disease, so we can develop this herd immunity. It's amazing how much COVID's already around here. So, I mean, I think we're close to 20%, at least in this area, and probably all over the country uh, of positive rates. So um, I'm hoping that soon we're going to turn the corner with this COVID crisis and get some herd immunity out there, either by natural means or by the vaccine, so that we can get on with normal living. So... You know, I've told people before, don't fear COVID, um, you know, because there, there are ways to treat it. It's, it's not real lethal. Uh, the death rates are very, very low. Uh, half the deaths have been in nursing home populations, and uh, most, the majority, the rest of them have been people with really bad coexisting diseases. Of course, there are outliers I mean, there's some perfectly healthy people that for some reason their immune system goes haywire and, you know, it can kill them. So, you know, I don't say fear anything. I say be aware of what can happen. That's why you should boost your immune system with your vitamins. Get a good night's sleep, exercise, stay thin. Most of the people that are dying of COVID are morbidly obese. Most of them have very low vitamin D levels. Um, they're immunocompromised, but, and treating it, you know, I treat it really early because I think early treatment with some of the meds we have like hydroxychloroquine, which is off-label and controversial, but it does work if you use it early. I've used it many times. I use inhaled budesonide, which is a, an inhaled steroid we use for asthmatics that works really well for the lungs. Sometimes we'll use prednisone. We always use high doses of vitamins, D, C, and zinc. And there's a few other little tricks up the sleeve that we do. So, um, uh, great question. So, it's kind of positive news for once that came out yesterday uh, with the vaccine. All right. Last question. We actually got one extra one today. Question six. Do you treat people for COVID that are not your patients? Yeah, sure I do. You know, I have many people that um, are not patients at Performance Medicine that um, have heard we treat um, COVID-19, and we certainly have treated a few hundred people, and you're certainly welcome. I've treated patients from all over the country for COVID. I think it's because uh, the interview I did on CBN that uh, got all over the country and probably worldwide But, you know, there's a few doctors that have the guts to go ahead and treat you and use some common sense with this thing. You know, to me it's unacceptable that a physician would diagnose you with COVID and you ask him, well, what am I going to do? And they say, well, take some cough medicine. There's nothing you can do. There are things you can do, and some of it's just common sense. Uh, So certainly I think the medical community needs to step up and, uh, pursue early treatment for this and not say there's nothing to do for it until you end up in the hospital, which is the last place you want to be for this. Um, you certainly don't want to be on a ventilator for this thing. There's about an 80% mortality rate once you have to be put on a ventilator. Um, so, but, you know, that's 20% hope. So, you know, you may have to, but um, that's usually for very de- debilitated people with pre-existing pre-existing cardiopulmonary disease. So the point is to try to stay out of the hospital with this. I'm hoping this vaccine, you know, they give it to the people that need it the most first. I think there'll be an all-out effort by our military to get this out everywhere. So anyway, so stay tuned. We try to keep everybody up to date on the latest findings about COVID and, you know, and seeing a lot of it and talking to a lot of people with it, including I mean, some of my own family members and some of my own staff that had it and uh, their experiences with early treatment has been great. So anyway, I hope that answers all your questions. Please email us or, you know, call the offices or look up performancemedicine.net, our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, all those things that that I don't know anything about that uh, people that do put us out there. So, um, give us your questions. Um, I hope you stay healthy and we'll see you again next week. Thank you. Thanks guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends and if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.